You know, John chapter 2 and verse 1, if you want to turn over there really quickly, we're going to read that passage just to remind ourselves of it. You know, most of it knows we could just quote it, but let's do it anyway. John chapter 2 and verse 1. On the third day, there was a wedding in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. Now, both Jesus and his disciples were invited to the wedding, and they ran out of wine. And the mother of Jesus said to to him, they have no wine. Jesus said to her, woman, what does your concern have to do with me? My hour has not yet come. His mother said to the servants, whatever he says to you, do it. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of purification of the Jews, containing 20 or 30 gallons apiece. Jesus said to them, fill the water pots with water, and they filled them up to the brim. And he said to them, draw some out now and take it to the master of the feast. And they took it. When the master of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine and did not know where it came from, But the servants who had drawn the water knew. The master of the feast called the bridegroom, and he said to him, Every man at the beginning sets out the good wine, and when the guests have well drunk, then the inferior. You have kept the good wine until now. This beginning of signs Jesus did in Cana of Galilee and manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Praise God. Don't you love that? I actually love that passage of scripture. I love that because there's just so much about that scripture, amen? What Jesus could do, like what he did, where he did it. You know, he did it at a wedding. It was probably a family wedding. He, you know, he, he used what was available to him. I just love it. Like, and it was his first miracle, amen? So I just love this. And it's probably one of Jesus' most infamous of miracles. Everybody seems to know that. Jesus turned water into wine, okay? You know, even the most atheist of people know this one, amen? And I don't know, maybe it's just Irish people, but if you're out with Irish people and they're drinking and, you know, they're having a good time, they say, it's okay for me to do this, drink alcohol. Sure, didn't Jesus turn water into wine? (laughs) You know, they use it as an excuse because everybody knows this, you know? And, you know, Jesus and his disciples, okay, so they're at a wedding in Cana. Okay, theologians say it could have been a family wedding, it could have been one of the disciples' weddings. We don't know, but the we- at the wedding, they run out of wine. Uh, this is a disaster for a family. This is not to happen at those weddings, amen? It's an embarrassment to the family. It was something that you just didn't do, because the weddings in those days lasted for days. It's not like our weddings now, although our weddings now are turning into <laughs> today's, but the weddings in those days lasted days. So they needed to make sure that they had enough food and enough wine to last for days for the guests, amen? So this was something that was not a good thing to happen, amen? It was not a good thing to happen. To run out of wine was shameful, amen? And you know what? Don't you know that it would have been the gossip once the wedding was over? Did you know? Did you know that they ran out of wine? We only got a couple of days and they were out of wine. Sure, we didn't know what. You could just imagine the talk afterwards. And Mary, Jesus' mother, she knew this. She knew that this was an embarrassment to the family, that this was going to bring shame on the family. So she goes to Jesus. Amen. Mary goes to Jesus. Why? Because Mary knew where to go to. Amen. Mary knew there was a problem. She knew where the solution lay. Amen. And she came to Jesus and she said to him, they have no wine. And then she tells the servants, do whatever he tells you to do. Amen. They run out of wine. Mary comes to Jesus. She knows what to do. But the thing about it is, right, and this is what we're talking about today, a miracle was about to take place. Amen. A miracle was about to take place. The servants didn't know it. 
Amen. The disciples didn't know it. The guests at the wedding didn't know it. Amen. The bride and bridegroom didn't know it. Amen. But there was a miracle about to happen. Jesus was about to perform his first miracle. And what a miracle. Think about this now. What a miracle. Amen. He took something and he turned it into something totally different. He took something and turned it into something else. Amen. He took something and turned it into something totally different. He took something and he changed it. Amen. And you know what? He didn't just change it. He didn't just change it. He made it better than anything else in his class. Amen. He made it better than anything else in his class. He took something and he made it new. Jesus did something new. Amen. Jesus made something new. Jesus took nothing and made something out of it. Okay? He used what was there available to him, and he made something new. Yeah. Six stone water jars, just stone water jars, amen, filled to the brim with ordinary water. The Bible doesn't say it was fancy Perrier water or sparkling water or any other type of water, amen. It was just ordinary water, amen. And he took it to the master of the feast, and it had changed, amen. He did something new. He did something different. And you know what? When the master of the feast tasted that ordinary water from the stone water jar, it had turned into wine. It had turned into wine. It had turned into something totally different, amen? It had become wine. And the Bible, it wasn't just any kind of wine. It was good wine. Good wine, the Bible says, amen? It was good wine. The master of the feast said, everyone serves the good wine first. And when people have drunk freely, then the poor wine. But you have kept the good wine until now. It was good wine, amen? Normally in those days, they served the guests good wine first. And then when the guests were... (laughs) well on, as it were, and didn't know any better, they brought out the poorer wine, amen? And you know what? I'm sure that that's what happened at this particular wedding too. It was no different, amen? The good wine was served first, then the poor wine was brought out, amen? But yet, but yet, when they brought this wine, this water that Jesus had turned into wine, when they brought that to the feast, he said, this is good wine. This is good wine. So if this was good wine... And they had already drank the good wine at the beginning of the wedding. Well, it stands to reason that this was better than the first wine. Amen? Because if they had the good wine first, and now this was been called good wine, well, then it must have been better than the good wine. Amen? The master of the feast thought it was good wine. Why? Because it was better than any wine he had ever tasted. Amen? Jesus did something new. Amen? God is in the business of doing new things, guys. He's in the business of doing new things. Amen? He did new things in biblical days. And he's doing new things now today. Amen. 19 years ago here in Enniscorthy, Jesus did something new. Amen. He put it on the heart of a young Texan couple to uproot their young family and come over here and plant a church in Enniscorthy, Ireland. Amen. He did something new. And thank God that he did something new. Because look around today. We have people from this nation, people from so many other nations, praising and worshipping God. Amen? Praising and worshipping God. And you know what? Bringing a hope to this nation. Amen? God did something new then, and he's doing something new now. God is doing something new right now. We can feel it. We can sense it. He's up to something. Everything that's happening lately, Enda and I are looking at each other and going, He's up to something new. Praise God. He's up to something new. I'm excited. Amen. I'm excited. You know, we can feel it. We can sense it. So my question to you today is, are you ready for something new? Are you ready for something new? 
Are you ready for something new? Are you ready to allow God to bring something new out of you? Oh. Are you ready for him to bring something new out of you? Jesus brought wine out of those six water pots, just six water pots, amen, contained ordinary plain water, and Jesus was able to bring something new out of them. And you know, as we said, he didn't just bring any wine out of them, he brought good wine out of them, amen. The, the master of the feast hadn't tasted anything like it. He had never tasted anything like it because Jesus had done something new, amen. You know, are you ready to allow God to bring new wine out of you? Yeah, think about that one for a minute. It's not something that you jump in and say, yep, yeah, 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 yeah. Are you ready to allow God to bring good wine out of you, new wine out of you? Yeah. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. God has so much in store for each of us, amen? Yeah. So much in store, and he has so many good plans. And he loves us so much, and he has so much for each of us to do, and he wants to bring. He wants, God wants to see us on this earth fulfilling the plan and the purpose that he has. You know, sometimes we don't realize that. Sometimes we don't realize that. Even as adults, you know what I mean? We tell the kids this, we tell the youth this. This has been Enda and I's mantra, if you like, when we took over this church, that we wanted everybody that came into this church to fulfill the plan and the purpose that God had put on them. But you see, sometimes we don't realize that he has a plan and a purpose for everybody. He does. He has one for me. He has one for you. I assure you, he does. Amen. He does. Because you know what? That's when we're at our very best. We're at our very best when we're fulfilling what he has called us to do. Amen. We're at our very best and we're living. Emma is always like this. I'm living my best life. That's what she says when she's doing something she enjoys. I'm living my best life. Living our best life, amen, when we're doing what God has called us to do, amen, whatever he sees fit for us to do. He wants to bring a new wine out of you guys. Are you listening to me this morning? He wants to bring a new wine out of you. And you know what? He doesn't want to bring a new wine. He wants to bring a good wine, amen, a wine that has never been tasted before, a new wine, a good wine. Listen, he wants to bring a wine out of you that is so good it overshadows the wine that the world already thought was good. Amen. Out of you, out of me. A wine that is so good that it overshadows the wine that the world already thought was good. Praise God. You know, in the natural people that drink wine, they have their favorites. I, I'm not a wine person, but they have their favorites. And, you know, they like a particular type of wine from a particular type of year, or they like a particular type of wine from a particular type of grape, or something like that, you know? I was out dinner lately with a group of people, and the conversation came around to wine. And I was fascinated as I sat and listened to them. They were able to describe their favorite wine right down to the taste and to the texture of the wine, amen? They were even able to describe their favorite wine right down to the type of grape used in the wine. I was like, really? One of the girls opposite me was like, you know, it's that wine, it's from that, that grape, oh, I can't think of the name of that grape, and she was rattling her brain trying to think of the name of the grape. She didn't think of the name of the grape, but she couldn't. I thought, wow, right down to the particular type of grape, she's able to describe this wine of hers that she likes so much, amen. Praise the Lord. I buy my grapes in Little or Aldi, and I choose between seeded and not seeded, amen. <laughs> Praise God. That is good. Did you know, because I went home and Googled it, <laughs> there are over 5,000 different types of wine grapes used to make many different 
wine around the world. That's what it says when you Google it. White grapes make white wine. Red grapes make red wine. Some grapes... Some types of grapes are used to make their own signature wine, and then some grapes are blended with other grapes to make particular types of wine. So I was like, whoa! And as I listened to that conversation that night, I was intrigued because, you see, this message was turning around in my head at the time, and I was thinking, I sat there and thought, wow, the fact that there's so many different types of grapes used to make so many different types of wines, and there are so many of us here this morning. Amen. Amen. And we're all so very different. God knows what he's doing. You. you got to think about it. We're all from different backgrounds. We were all brought up differently. We're different shapes. We're different sizes. We've different abilities. We've different gifts. We've different talents. Amen. And my mind began to dream at the dinner table that night because I thought, you know what? We're all from different types of backgrounds and different abilities and gifts and talents. And what if we all, what if, what if we all surrendered to God and said, make something new out of me? What if? What if, what if we surrender to God and allow him to do what he does best and to bring the best out of us? Amen. What if you allowed him to bring something out of you? Something. Now listen to me. Whatever he brings out of you is something that only can be brought out of you. Amen. It can only be brought out of you because he designed you so intricately that that's only for you. Whatever is in you is only in you. Amen. Amen. He knows. We talked about it last Sunday with the kids. He knows how many hairs are on your heads. He knows exactly your makeup and everything inside of you, your fingerprints. We Nobody has the same fingerprints. So he can bring something good out of you, something new out of you. Amen. And I just thought that night, what if... What if we all surrendered and allow him to do just that? What if you allowed him to bring something new out of you? What if I allowed him to bring something new out of me, amen? Something that will overshadow anything that we have seen before. What if, amen? What if we allow them to be, allowed him to use us as a vessel? Just use us as a vessel to bring something new out of us, amen? Just like those water pots. What if we made ourselves ready and available, amen, for God to bring something new out of us? God wants to do something new, guys. He wants to do something new in you. He wants to do something new in me. And he wants to do something new in this church. Amen. So if I surrender to him and if you surrender to him, imagine how he can use us. Amen. Imagine how he can use us. You can say, Angela, you don't know my past. I don't know all your pasts. Amen. Angela, you don't know what I've done. I may not know all you've done. Amen. You know, I may not, but Angela, you don't know the heart that I'm carrying. Maybe I don't know the heart that you're carrying. Amen. I don't know what everybody in here has been through. Maybe there's been abuse, physical abuse, emotional abuse. Maybe you've had an addiction. Amen. Maybe you've been let down by so many people that now you just have trust issues and you just can't move on. Amen. Maybe you're tired. Maybe you're just, life is just a mess at the minute. Amen. Maybe so. But I news for you today. It's time to let it go. Yeah. Amen. Amen. It's time to let it go. Amen. Amen. It's time to surrender. And please, I'm not making life any presentation. You know what? I haven't walked in your shoes. Amen. I've walked in my own shoes. I know what I've been through. Amen. I know what I've had to deal with. But one thing I know for certain is that if we give it to God, if we give those hurts, if we give those pains, if we give those scars, if we give those issues, if we give all of those things to God, he'll bring them around for good. 
He's always up to something good. Amen. He will bring them around to good. And I tell you another thing for certain, the enemy won't bring good out of them. Amen. If we decide to bottle them up, if we decide to keep all those hearts, all those disappointments bottled up inside of us, they'll just fester away. Fester away at us and they'll niggle at us and they'll bite at us. Amen. They'll bite us until we end up just so focused on ourselves and on our own lives that we're actually no good to anybody. Amen. We're no good to anybody. We edge our way through life by holding on to stuff. We edge our way through life not making a difference, not living the life that God wants us to live, not living life to our full potential. We sang it there earlier in that song, I was breathing, but not alive. Please tell me you want to be more than just breathing. Don't just breathe and not be alive, amen? God wants to help you unpack. You know when you go on holidays and you're so excited about going on holidays and you're packing your case and you're bringing this and you're bringing that and you're bringing this in case and you're bringing that in case and if I get wet, if I get too hot or if I'm too cold or, you know, us women especially, you know, we have to bring something for all occasions and all eventualities and all that and it's exciting to pack, amen? And you have to bring this makeup and that makeup and we have to bring our hair products and we're just so busy, us women. But you know what? When we come back off our holidays, it's not as fun to unpack. Sure it's not. It's not as fun to take out that dirty laundry, amen, and know you have to wash and iron and put it all back. It's not as fun, amen, but God wants to help you unpack, amen. He wants to help you unpack. He wants you to surrender, amen. Surrender to him and he will make new wine out of you, amen. Won't you unpack? Won't you hand it over to the Savior, amen? Savior of the world, guys. He's the Savior of the world, and he just wants you to surrender to him so he can bring something new out of you, amen? He went to the cross for you and for me so that we could have an abundant life. It's time to seek forgiveness. If you haven't already sought it, it's time to seek it, amen? And another thing, it's time for you to forgive. If you haven't already forgiven, it's time to forgive, amen? Because once you seek forgiveness and once you're forgiven, amen, God can use you now. God can bring new things out of you, amen? It's like surrender to him. Just allow him to do what he wants to do, amen? To bring something new out of you. Praise God. No, and think about it. How do they make great wine? How do they make great wine? They crush them. They crush them and depress them, amen? They put whole clusters grapes into this machine. I watched them do it. They put whole clusters of grapes into a machine, right? And they crush them. And when they crush them, that means they destem them. So the stem comes off and goes this way, and then all the seeds and the pulp come out and go this way and jumped into the bin. So all is left is that lovely pure juice to make the wine. Amen? Amen. Amen. If we allow God to take our hearts, to take our pain, amen, to take our issues and just destem us, if we allow him, he can prune us. Amen? John 15, 2 says, He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't bear fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. Amen. If we allow God, he will help us to heal. He will help us to improve. Amen. He will help us to get better. He will help us to move on. He can cut off the stems. Amen. He can cut off those stems that are just dangling there, been a nuisance. Amen. He can cut through that tough skin, that tough skin that's built up over the years because of all the hurts and pains. Amen. That defense mechanism put up because we've been hurt so much in the past. He can cut through that, amen. He can take away the negative seeds. We always talk about seeds in the good, and yes, we should. There are good seeds that we need to sow. But you know what? If you've been through a negative experience, more than likely a negative seed has been sown in your heart, amen. So if you allow him, he can take that negative seed and throw it in the bin, amen. He can take the pulp 
of the past rejection, all that pulp and heart that's inside that's just building up and the heart and, you know, the fear and the anxiety, the pulp that's just weighing us down, amen, just holding us back. He can take it and throw it in the bin, amen. So that's all that's left inside of us is the new wine to be brought out, amen, amen. I don't, I don't qualify. I can't do anything right. That's all just weighing you down, guys. We need to get rid of it. Amen. Allow him to remove the negative seeds in the pulp. Amen. Praise God. It's time to lay down the old life and allow God to do something new in and through you. Amen. It's time to lay down your old life and put the past behind you. Because I hear I have something for you today. The past is exactly that. The past. Leave it in the past. Amen. Romans 8.28, last scripture for today. And we know for those, we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. The only things you need to bring out the past, guys, is the lessons that you've learned. Amen. You see, it's through the tough times that we learn and grow, the crushing, the pressing. That's when we grow. That's when we mature. Amen. If we allow God to take all those past hearts and experiences, negative experiences, you know, it's the crushing of the past, and we can grow out of them. We can mature. And you know, tough times are going to come again. God said we would face trials. But if we, if we do them with God and go through them with God, well, then he'll allow us to grow and mature through them. Amen. He'll allow us to grow and mature and be strengthened, be strengthened and stretched. Sometimes it's good to be stretched. Amen. It's good to be stretched. Amen. In the times of the crushing and the pressing, we learn, we grow, we mature, we get a little bit wiser. We, we um, you know, we're more ready then. We're more ready for the next tough thing that comes along. And also, you're drawn closer to God all the time. Because when you go through the tough times with God, you, you just know beyond a shadow of a doubt that he's there. Amen. You know that he's there. You can sense him. You can feel him. You're closer to him. Amen. God can help you to use what you've been through as well to help others. Maybe you've seen him heal. Maybe you've seen him restore your marriage. Maybe you've seen him bring your financial issues through. Help you to sur- if you surrender, God can help you to help somebody else that's coming in. Because you know what? There's going to be more people coming into this church, guys. There's going to be more broken marriages, amen? There's going to be more financial issues. There's going to be more sick people come in here. But if we allow God to, to do something new out of us, he can help us to help those people, amen? Angela, I'm too old. No, you're not. Never. Never too old. As long as you're breeding, you're never too old. And you know what? The more mature wines are the nicer wines, apparently, isn't that right? <laughs> but Angela, I'm too busy. No, you're not. God created the day and the night. He gave us 24 hours in the day. Amen. He knew exactly how much time we need. We just need to be wiser with our time. But Angela, I'm not sure. Now, this would have been me. I'm not sure what would God want to do with me, little old me. Is that you this morning? Like news for you, God doesn't see you as little old you. Amen. God sees you as the creation he made. Yeah fearfully, wonderfully made. Amen. Fearfully and wonderfully made. Amen. Isaiah 43, 19 says, behold, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. That was the second last scripture. I tricked you. (laughs) Once you submit to God, he can do new things. Amen. If you're in a wilderness this morning, the wilderness is not a good place to be. Amen. Wilderness is busy, it's confusing, it's overgrown, amen. But God can make a way out of your wilderness, amen. Make a way where there seems to be no way. And he can make a river in the desert. If you're in a barren place today, 
God can make a river there. Amen. He can make a river in the, in the hot desert. He can make a river. Amen. He can make a river. And you know what? What I love about that too is if you just allow him, if you allow him to take you out of the wilderness, if you allow him to take you out of the desert, if you're in a desert, in a hot, dry desert, and you see an oasis, what are you going to do? You're going to run to it. Yeah. Amen. You're going to run to that oasis. And you know what? When you run to that oasis, your thirst is going to be quenched. Amen. But this is what I love about that, is that if God makes us a river in the desert, and God knows we're living in a desert right now. Amen. There are people out there are dying with the thirst. Amen. They're dying with the thirst, with the lives they're living. And he can make us a river in the desert. Well, then we can be that oasis. Amen. We can be that oasis. A live church can be that oasis if we surrender and allow him to do something new. Amen. Praise God.